but my name is Deanna Carney. Um, not to be confused with Dana Arnett. Um, some of you may know uh, Jim and Dana, but Dana is one of my dear friends here. People literally get us confused weekly. They will go up to her, and if, if you don't know Jim and Dana, they are greatly involved in Room in the Inn here, which we hope to hear from them later in the semester, but they'll go up, they'll come up to me and ask me about Room in the Inn, like face to face, and I'm like, no, wrong person. Um, they'll come up to her and talk to her about food or catering, which is what I do, and she'll say, no, wrong person, that's Deanna. So I guess it doesn't help that we sit next to each other in church, we have dark glasses, we're about the same size, and our names both start with a D and end in an A. So we do get confused fairly often. So just to clarify, Dana, Deanna. So we got that, we got that straight now. she told me even a story of her son getting confused one time. Yeah, my youngest son actually, after Wednesday night, granted it wasn't face to face. He saw her from behind, went up and said, Mom, I'll be in the car, and turned around and left, and she turned around, it was like, Addison? He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Dana. So it was kind of funny. We joke, we joke about that. But, and we do both have uh, kids that are sophomores. Two boys that are sophomores here. So anyway, that was kind of funny story. Yeah. But um, I'm married to Russell. There's a picture of, of us. Um, we have been married almost 27 years in September. Um, we have two boys, Caleb, who is a sophomore at Harding University. He is about to leave in a little less than a month to go to Chile to study abroad. Um, Addison is a sophomore at Franklin High. He is a golfer. Um, he wants to play in college. He wants to be a pro. So we'll see how that works out for him. But that's what he wants to do. Cool. So um, there they are. Yeah, there's there's the fam at uh, Thanksgiving. Um, we have been here at Otter Creek for about 22 years in April, and. We had a little bit of a journey to get here. I won't really go into the journey um, during class, but if any of you ever want to hear about that, I'll be happy to share it. It's not any earth-shattering, you know, story, but it is our story on how we arrived here and have been here this long. The first five years of our marriage were a little tumultuous, not with each other really, but um, we were in ministry and just lots of, of bad things went on that we had to deal with early in our marriage so anyway we ended up here for healing and um, haven't haven't left uh, as I said earlier my kids are getting older um, 20 years ago I decided to quit my job and stay home with my children um, so the last year I cannot see with my paper with these on but I can't see you without them so I don't know um, the past year or so, I have been praying for direction, for God to just show me what I needed to do next in my next life, um, if I needed to go back to work, which may be a little difficult since I haven't worked outside the home in 20 years. Um, you know, if there's a project or ministry I needed to get involved in, I don't know. I've just been asking for some direction. So I get an email from Eric about three weeks ago. I cannot stand y'all being blurry, so we're just going to do this. <laughs> There we go. I'll hold that up a little bit <laughs> higher. Um, I get an email from Eric about three weeks ago asking me to help teach this class. And I was like, okay, is this you trying to tell me something, even though this is just a semester of my life, it's still something different for me. Um, <clears throat> so typically, if I get emails like that, I'll kind of sit on them 
I'll think about it, pray about it, talk to my kids, talk to my husband about it. But I real I emailed him back immediately. I said, sure, I'll be I'll be glad to do this. I'm kind of stepping out in faith a little bit. I have taught lots of adult classes in my professional career. Um, I've spoken to women's groups here. Um, I've led ladies small group Bible study, and I've taught two, three, and four-year-olds for seven years. But I've never taught a Sunday morning adult Bible Bible class. So I said, okay, this is something new for me, and I I told him yes. So, and I also told my husband. I talked to him a little bit about it. I said, you know, if I were to teach anything at Otter Creek, it's not going to be on Romans. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not going to be teaching on anything else that's going on around us um, this morning. But um, I think a class on spiritual gifts, I might have some input on. And the reason why I say that, not that I'm a gifted speaker and this is really my thing, or that I've always used my spiritual gifts or been aware of them, but I look back over my life and I think that is one thing I might have done well at is recognizing what I'm good at and using those and I feel like I have a a way of recognizing those in other people so maybe what I have to share will be of some value to you Um, I hope it is and another thing is I've always said I feel like if everyone in the body of Christ used their gifts the church would look drastically different than it does so if, if you're struggling with that, if you're wondering what you're good at, hopefully we can help you discover that this semester. Okay, I have two other little vignettes I wanna share with you. Um, one is one of my other dear friends is Katie Link, who is here on the end. Some of you may know Troy and Katie. They have an immense love for God's creation and for the outdoors. They went on an 18 month trip across, across the country with their children about I don't know, it's been eight or nine years ago, seven or eight, nine years ago. But they use their gifts with our youth group and have for a long time. They take our children to remote parts of the country. Um, they stretch them. They, they help them learn about themselves. That kind of experience can't happen if they stay here. When you get kids out in places like they have, have done, my son is on the end, third from the end with the tan color shirt. Sure, that's my oldest. Um, But anyway, when you get kids away like they get them away, there's things happen that could never happen here. Mm -hmm. Um, And Caleb's have the privilege of being on at least three, if not four trips that that they've led. But anyway, that's really not even what I was gonna tell you. I was gonna tell you that my friend Katie and I were having a discussion one day, and um, I don't even remember the context of the discussion, but she told me one thing that stuck with me that she had heard someone else say. And they said, if you're struggling with career choice, career change, I mean, for the purposes of our class, um, you just don't really know what you're good at. You don't know what your gifts are. So you're kind of feeling a little useless. She said that this person said, think back to your earliest memory as a child and what you loved to do. What did you love to do? You were three, four, five years old. What, What can you remember? And I stopped and I thought about that and I thought, I loved, this is, this is not me, it's really cute, but it's not me. Um, I, I loved, one of my earliest memories was making mud pies in my grandmother's front yard. She had these deep rock flower planters and ha- always had beautiful flowers planted in them. But I would go and I would dig the dirt out and just get mud everywhere. She never said anything to me about that. I'm sure she wasn't real happy that I messed up her flower 
beds. But, but anyway, that is my earliest memory of um, something that I, I love to do. I loved being in the kitchen with her. I loved watching her peel potatoes. I loved watching her fry chicken. And she just, a lot of you know, you've heard my stories about my grandmother, how, what a great influence she had on me. But I think I was born with that bent anyway, but being introduced to those things as a young girl, I think led me into my first career, which my, I'm educated, I'm, a di I'm dietetics by education, so I'm a registered dietitian. And that, I think that led me into that profession when I got out of college, I didn't really do the catering food thing. I worked, actually worked with cancer patients for seven years. But things come full, full circle. I quit, I quit my job. Um, Twelve years ago, I started just a small little catering business. So it kind of led me back to my first love of nurturing people with food is what I love to do. Um, so that's my, well, there's one of my catering pictures, actually. That was mm -hmm. Teresa and David Simmons' son, I think here at Otter Creek in the gym. So it's amazing how beautiful you can make an old ugly gym look with lights and flowers. But anyway, um, so as we go through this semester, think about your earliest childhood memory um, and what you love to do. Okay, my, my last point I wanna make is, as I said earlier, we've been here a long time and we've been involved in a lot of things here at Otter Creek, but from the very beginning of when we first came here, Janet Crothers, who's about to retire from children's ministry, and Melanie, who we heard about this morning, um, would call me regularly and ask me to teach in the children's ministry on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Every time she'd call me, I would tell her no. And I usually had a really good reason to tell her no. Uh, my kids were little at the time, so, you know, I don't know. I just didn't really want to be teaching little ones while I'm parenting little ones. But I plain old really just didn't want to do it. And I'd usually just say, it's not a good time for me. And that was my nice way of saying, I really don't want to do this. Um, so it seemed like yearly at least, or maybe even twice a year, she would call and ask me about teaching. And I literally told her no for years. Well, I guess it's been seven or eight years ago now, she called me again. <laughs> nope, her number's in my phone. I was like, oh, I better answer this, I guess. It's Janet, but she's probably gonna ask me to teach. Anyway, she called me again and said, Deanna, I need some help on Wednesday night. You don't have to teach. That was one of the first things she said. You don't have to teach. I just need a body in there. These are two-year-olds. I've got a teacher. They're going to need diaper changes. They're going to need, you know, if they're disruptive, you're going to need to kind of handle that. And I was like, okay. I didn't want to do it still, but I told her yes. Um, I was here on Wednesday night anyway. My children were, you know, youth group age. We were, you know, coming on Wednesday night anyway, so I told her yes. So I got in there, and the teacher was actually one of our new members seven or eight years ago. Um, we had some really difficult two-year-olds. You think two-year-olds can't really challenge you? They can. <laughs> so who ends up having to deal with these two-year-olds? It was me, because I wasn't teaching. Um, but what I discovered was, you know, I kind of like this. I'm kind of good at it because they kind of listened to me <laughs> and it was amazing um, so anyway even though I was the disciplinarian and and so forth it, it was kind of fun so the next year we decided to move up with the two-year-olds we had the same group but they were three now and I told my friend I said you know ah uh, let's let's tag team 
it's, you know, I don't, you don't need to be t doing this every week. I'll teach, you teach, we'll swap. She said, okay. So the first time I got up there, I was telling them the story, and they're all sitting there going like this. I mean, they're really listening to me. And I thought, wow, this is kind of fun, and I kind of like it, and I may be kind of good at it. So that was seven years ago. And we're on our second little group. We went two, three, four, two, three, four, and then we'll start back with a new two-year-old group in the fall. I tell you that story to tell you that there are some things I know I'm not good at. Do not ask me to do this. He did this for me. I don't do this. I probably could, but I really don't want to, and I don't think I'd be good at it. Um, and it would take me a lot longer than it took him. Um, ask me to fix a meal for you Wednesday night, I can do that. So there's some things. a lot longer than it would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> there's just some things I know I'm not good at. It's not what God designed me to be. But there are some things that I may be good at I don't even know I'm good at. So God's given me this, in you, this beautifully gift-wrapped present, a gift. Unless we open it up and see what's in it and use it, we don't know if it's a gift of ours or not. I didn't know that I would enjoy teaching two and three and four-year-olds on Wednesday night, but I don't even know why I said yes. I think I felt bad for saying no for so long. But I said yes, and I discovered something about myself that I kind of liked it and I was kind of good at it. A side benefit to that, and this morning, if you haven't been, to, who was at first service? Anybody here at first service? Okay. I tend to be like a Randall Wilcher and a Lance Brock in the fact that I get kind of emotional. So after this morning, I feel like a wreck. So if I get a little teary when I tell you this, forgive me, but a side benefit to sometimes saying yes to new things and seeing if it's your gift is Kim Woods and I, she's my teacher on Wednesday night, we have become such dear friends. I just can't, I can't even tell you how great a friend that, that she has been to me. And We've been able to do things together ministry-wise that I don't know that I would have ever, I don't know that I would have ever met her or paths would have crossed had I not said yes to that. Um, we've ministered to some of our children's moms through some pretty difficult things. Um, sorry. Um, and j just been able to, we've prayed together, we've done some other things together that I m might come up later. But anyway, that's a side benefit of say sometimes saying yes and just you know, stepping out in faith and, and trying something new. So anyway, that's part of my little story, but um, hopefully we'll be able to share more later. But these are my little kids, some of them on Wednesday night, and there's usually more than that. That was only eight. We've had 12 and 13 on Wednesday nights before, but anyway. Thank okay, you. thank you. We're so glad you're part of this class. So glad. Uh, well, Deanna sent me some pictures that she said, and, and I thought, well, I, I suppose I should have some pictures. Well, I ended up with more, so I feel kind of bad. Uh, you all those. So uh, I'll begin by saying I was born at a very young age. <laughs> yeah, where are we all? Okay, move forward. Okay. Well, uh, this first picture is said to be me. I'm not sure it is. Uh, I don't remember this. You see the you see the board in the back. Remember the, the sliding numbers thing? Uh, anyway, uh, my parents said this was me. I, I'm not sure if that was me or not, but. Uh, I, uh, my parents, when I was like two months old, we, we were raised, I was raised in northern Indiana, uh, in an Amish area, and, they were that. and so uh, my parents, after uh, they were married a few years, they moved to the town that they lived the rest of their lives in, really, and was my church I was thinking of when I was thinking about church size, I want to know when I ask you that. Uh, 
they would have maybe today been known as occupational missionaries or whatever. They went to a town that didn't have a congregation to kind of start a congregation, two or three families. And uh, so they spent the rest of their years there. Um, fast forward a lot of years, I go off to college, Michigan Christian College, Rochester College, and that's where faith really became real to me. That's where I kind of owned it myself, and I uh, had a good experience there. Um, after that, finished at Evelyn Christian University, ACUA, and then uh, uh, and went back to Michigan and started working at that college, uh, where I met my wife, Debbie, she's here today, of course, and um, we've been married 40 years. Um, my working career has always been in Christian ministry, other than this past 12 months, I guess. I've been in Christian ministry. I worked at the college for a number of years. Part of those years, I was in full-time ministry, full-time preaching and full-time. I preached twice every Sunday morning. It's kind of like Josh. If you don't get it right the first time, you get a second chance, you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, but prior to actually doing that two, two times a week thing, I, I went to a church in Iowa. I had met, my wife had never been to the state. I had never been to the town. But a church in Iowa invited us to come there and be with them, and we were there for uh, six, seven years. We walk in today, isn't this great about the brotherhood? You walk into a congregation, you're gonna find somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. We walk in and there are two friends of ours from that congregation here today. <laughs> they're involved and made in the street, they're on the board, and so they're here passing through meeting a couple of board members. So uh, the Hagrams are here, I'm just so, so surprised to see them. Anyway, we had a great experience at that church in Iowa. We were there for about six years and um, left there. Uh, they didn't ask us to leave, thankfully. <laughs> they, we left there. And uh, they asked us to, the elders actually asked us to stay. We went to this church in Michigan where our son was getting ready to go to college. And uh, um, we, uh, he met his now wife there. This is, uh, this, of course, Debbie here. She's here today. Debbie and I this past summer. Here's our clan. This is our son here in the orange and his wife here with the Ohio shirt. And they have four little ones, three girls, some of them trying out for the lead role in strong-willed child movie version. <laughs> Here is, uh, here's our grandson. We have one grandson, Blake. And so uh, we have four little duffers running around every Christmas. And we love seeing them. Unlike many people who come to Nashville, a lot of people come to be closer to their grandchildren. Debbie and I move farther away from our grandchildren. There's <laughs> something wrong with us, I think. And then my daughter, Jenny, here, she's the one with the sticks there. Uh, she, Broke her ankle. But anyway, she's a social worker. She's in Detroit. Actually, she's here today. She's the Michigan representative. She's here today. We're glad that Jenny is with us for the weekend. And uh, so we're uh, proud of her. She, my son is a uh, music major. Uh, he uh, is a full-time piano teacher. Also works part-time for a church as a children's ministry in Ohio. Ryan and Misty live in the Columbus, Ohio area. Jenny remains in Michigan, about an hour north of Detroit. That's kind of my story. I've, uh, I'd love to tell you more, but I'd really rather turn it over to Eric and let him kind of tell you his story. We have, uh, I, I should say, Debbie and I, Debbie's been in Nashville a couple of years. I've been in Nashville about a year. We placed membership, I think, in August. We came here in August of 2016. And as of October, we hosted our first group, and Dick and Nancy were at our first group. We were so grateful, Eric, uh, uh, said we could go ahead and start a group. And we, we kind of staffed it, filled it with new people, because we were kind of new folks. And uh, we thought this would be nice to offer this to new people. Ron and Patty have been there a couple of times. So we're just uh, very grateful to be here. And then this opportunity to teach a class uh, this semester uh, is, oh, I'm sorry, Stephen is here too. Yes, Stephen, I, he's my, he's my uh, lunch buddy. We, we get together for Pepsi or whatever. So uh, Steve's in our group too. And we love it that we were able to put together a group of people that were kind of new. 
and uh, add, add to the group of many white groups already. So let's transition to Eric now, and Eric can tell his history here and how, how he wants to introduce himself. Okay. Uh, I'm Eric Livingston. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, is it the Hagrams? Hagerman. Hagerman. Okay. Well, glad you guys are here. I already know um, what, I don't know if y'all are going to go get lunch or visit afterwards, but I already know what feedback you're going to hear from them about this class. And it's not going to be questions about spiritual gifts. It's going to be, what in the world is Mr. OCYG? Because <laughs> 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 not L -Y. Oh, you already asked. Okay. All right. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, so, well, sorry, I, I missed I missed that. Um, I had to, I stepped out for a few minutes because uh, I'm the community life minister here at Otter Creek. I'm on staff, my full time job in ministry, and so and part of my role is uh, kind of overseeing our adult classes. And so since today's the first day of class, I kind of have to run around like a chicken with my head cut off for a few minutes just to check on teachers and have some overcrowding and some undercrowding. So we I had to work on some things to get that squared away, but we're good now. Um, so I just want to say thank you for being here. As Kent and Deanna have said, uh, we're excited about this conversation. Um, I know most of you already and know some of your gifts and how God has gifted you, and I see how God uses you for the sake of his kingdom, specifically at the local church here at Otter Creek. And that is, is precious to me. Part of my story that I'll share in just a second is uh, just my love. I, you know, I don't know exactly how I'm gifted. I kind of have a sense of some of the gifts I have. But I think really what makes me suited for ministry is not any kind of gift I have. It's that I, I love the local church. I, I really love the local church. The local church has blessed me in a way. I'm not just talking about Otter Creek. My home church that I grew up in, um, another church that I've served in ministry, um, the church has blessed me in great, great ways, and I, and I love seeing a community of people form relationships and follow Jesus together. So um, I'll, sh I'll share a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, okay, before I go further into my story, just a couple of housekeeping things. I'm going to pass this uh, list around. I ran out of clipboards. Um, but this is just an email roster, so if you will put your name and email address, if you would like to receive class emails, um, we, we will have things to communicate each week, and, um, and so we want to be able to send those out. I'll actually send you a class syllabus. I should have printed it. I don't have that with me, but, okay. but um, so I apologize. But I will send you a class syllabus uh, so you can kind of see how, where we're going. But let me just lay out visually, since I don't have that printed out. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, we're gonna, the first two or three weeks together, we're going to do some teaching, kind of some theological groundwork and foundations and underpinnings for what it means to have spiritual gifts and how God brings those together in a local faith community uh, for, for his glory. And then, um, those, that's the first two or three weeks, and then after that we're going to kind of get into a rhythm of looking at two or three gifts each week, talking about those, what do those look like, maybe those are some of your gifts. And then the following week, uh, we're going to bring in some Otter Creek ministry leaders um, to talk about their areas of ministry and how those gifts might be well suited for that area of ministry. So, um, so in that regard, this is going to be fairly practical uh, that you will you will be able to find ways to use your gifts um, here at Creek and and beyond that in, in the kingdom as well. Okay, uh, let me let me tell just a little bit about who I am. 
Uh, my name is Eric, as I said. I am uh, married. I've been married for about 21 years. Uh, we have three kids. Isaac is uh, 16, just driving, just started driving, um, just started dating. So we're like in a whole new chapter of life. That's fun and exciting and scary. Uh, Ethan is our, our middle schooler. He's in seventh grade, uh, loves uh, basketball and video games. That's pretty much his life right now. Um, great kid. And then Jaylee is our youngest. Uh, she is in fifth grade. So that means next year, we've only got four more months in elementary school. So that's a huge transition. Um, we've had somebody in elementary school forever, it seems. And so finally next year, we'll be out of, out of elementary school. Um, going back. <coughs> yeah. Uh, this is a picture. Deanna told me I should bring it. So this is a picture of me and my wife. Uh, on our honeymoon, actually. What do you have here? That's right. I was eight years old when she was. No, I was actually 18. Uh, I was 18, she was 19. Um, so that's us on our honeymoon down at South Potter Alley, Mexican. Uh, we got married extremely young, and uh, it's been great. The best decision um, that either of us have ever made. We love each other, and, and I know that. Um, you know, marriage is, is not always easy for everybody, and God has just blessed us with a, a fairly easy marriage. And um, not that we've never had a conflict or disagreement, but um, I, I would I would say, having walked with other couples that have had struggles, I would say we have just been blessed that um, we've had a fairly easy path. And I think part of that is that we got married so young. There are some advantages. You kind of grow up together. You're kind of kids, and you grow up together. But uh, we met each other in our in my home church, the church I grew up in. Uh, Dixie's family moved to San Antonio, where I was uh, when she was in high school. And I remember sitting in the youth group classroom, high school youth group classroom, and this new girl walked in, and I thought, "Wow, I need to get to know her." And then my next immediate thought was, "She's way out of my league." <laughs> but uh, we became friends, and uh, after a year or so, started dating. And we were actually in the same life group. Our families were in the same life group. And so um, her parents and my parents were good friends and still are. Her parents uh, attend Otter Creek, Sam and Carol Beasley. They followed us here, or actually followed our kids, not really followed us. Uh, but they're here, and then my parents are in town. They, they were in the Harvard Hills. And so, you know, we can still do Christmases together. We do Thanksgivings together. Um, it's just it's really beautiful. Uh, so we, we got married in San Antonio, went to Harding for a short time. Uh, since we were married and paying for college ourselves, we said, ah, let's go back to a state school. So we went back to the University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, then I actually enlisted in the Air Force and served as a Hebrew linguist, which is a weird job, uh, for about six years. We moved around. That took us to California, Monterey, California for a couple years, Augusta, Georgia for, a couple, for four years. Uh, all those places were engaged in, uh, in lay leadership roles in local churches and then settled back in San Antonio. And um, my undergraduate degree is management of information systems. And so the plan was I'm gonna get a job as a contractor for the Air Force. Uh, and that was the path. And so that's what we did. It took us a little bit longer than we thought, but we bought a house in San Antonio and that was the plan. And uh, in about six months, I had a revelation and just said, I cannot. You know, I have spent so much time in this degree, the degree path in this career field. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so um, uh, I put out a couple of feelers. Uh, there was this church in Mississippi. I don't know if anybody's from Mississippi. I'm about to offend you if you're from Mississippi. <laughs> but there was a church in Mississippi that was looking for a worship minister. 
And um, I really have a passion for leading worship. That's kind of a gift that I'm not actually exercising right now. But um, And so I told Dixie, I said, I'm going to talk to this church and just to kind of see what reaction I get. Just as a gauge, don't, you know, we're not actually going to move to Mississippi. But I'm just going to see what reaction I get. So I made contact with that church and fell in love with those people. And they fell in love with us. And so we served there for about eight years in ministry. And, um, and then Otter Creek called, and we were kind of at a point in life where it made sense to either make a transition or stay there for another 10 or 11 years. And um, so we elected to, to come here to Otter Creek, and it's been great. So we've been here uh, almost four years. and um, So, so that's 22 right. years, four yeah. years, and less than 22 weeks. Yeah. 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 So that, that's, yeah. that's a good point. That runs the gamut. A good balance. Let's show this short Yeah, I want you to think about the congregation that you raised your hand a while ago. Someone came in late. I was thinking, asking you to think about the church that you kind of cut your teeth on that you remember. There's a one-minute video I want you to think about as we watch this. Um, I want to ask you some questions after uh, after this loads and uh, it's finished. Okay. <laughs> I asked to get involved, but nobody called me. I suppose I served my church out of guilt. I felt abandoned. I'm too old to be of any service to God. I want to serve, but I don't feel adequate. I mean, I put months of work into an event, and no one even said thanks. I got stuck in a position I didn't like and eventually burned out. that has evangelists using their gift of evangelism, mercy people, encouragement people, and hospitality people, all using their gifts. Imagine a church where those serving are confident, motivated, confident, and enthusiastic. People that are connected to caring relationships and meaningful ministries. Imagine a church that's equipping the people of God to fulfill their ministry to the body and their mission in the world. somebody was given the opportunity to teach a class and it was an internal appointment. Uh, they were they were asked to teach a class and they said yes and, and uh, it might, you know, has that happened? Can you relate to that? Uh, in Galatians um, it says, you my brothers were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. This is a command. We're commanded to serve one another in love. Uh, I think Robert Frost said, the world is full of willing people, some willing to work and others willing to learn. <laughs> Maybe that's how we've kind of come into this subject. 
I want to think about an analogy. Some of you may be from congregations that used to have potlucks. How many of you guys are into potlucks? A friend of ours who's an elder or a missionary many decades in Africa, Elder Eccles, tells this story about, and he's gone now, but, but he tells this story about, imagine we're at a potluck, and good sister Brown, whatever, we'll call her sister Brown, good sister Brown comes in with a casserole. And she walks in, and she slips and falls. And everything goes flying. Casseroles everywhere. She's in the mess. There's a mess. Her dish is broken. Everything. And everybody sees it. Everybody sitting there sees Sister Brown toss her casserole. Okay? How do different people respond to the very same image? Maybe a person who has administration would get up and say, um, hey, uh, here's $10. You go over to KFC and get a bucket of chicken. A person who has mis mercy gift may say, oh, bless her heart. Let me get down here in the mess and see how she's doing. Uh, maybe a person who had helps kiss says, hey, you get a mop, I'll get a broom. Um, you see how everybody sees the very same thing. And we're going to be talking in the class about how diversity was God's idea. You know, uh, God intended us to be diverse. If we were all the same, if you and I are all the, if you and I are the same, one of us is expendable. I think it's you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, you can, we can be united because we're united in purpose though everyone is wired in a different way. Some folks could whip up a meal for a handful of people and not break a sweat. Uh, I would get mad doing that because I wouldn't be doing it out of love like, Hebrew, uh, like Corinthians 13 would tell us. We're going to look at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, uh, Romans 12, and some other passages, Ephesians 4, 2 Peter 4, 1 Peter 4 later on. But um, I want you to kind of think about how maybe each of us respond to different things. Eric is going to talk to us now about a spiritual gifts inventory, and then we'll close. So, quick show of hands. You probably received an email from me this week that had a link to a spiritual gift assessment tool. Was anybody, I know probably some of you have already taken it. Anybody already taken that tool, taken that there assessment? Been, there have been like seven okay. already taken yeah. it out of all right, that's fine. Um, it will be helpful. This class will be greatly enriched if you take that assessment um, and probably uh, in the next couple of weeks. So in, in our weekly email this week, I'll make sure to give you that link again. Um, but it probably takes, what, 10 minutes or so? It didn't take long at all. Yeah, yeah, five or 10 minutes. Six or 70 questions. So uh, there's also a link here on the Otter Creek page if you want to go find it. But I'll send you the link, the, the link on the Get Involved page. So uh, that link in the email will take you to this page, and you just create your own little username and password. Um, real real easy. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, let me change here. Sorry. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. And if That's you're not, well, he's doing, if you're not into the uh, online thing, you can get a paper copy, and we can enter. Yeah, so um, you'll go to this link and create your username and password, which is real simple. You'll sign in, and I guess I'm actually not going to get to the assessment itself. Uh, well, your, your page will look a little bit different, but um, you will get taken to a series of questions. And uh, let me find my... Number two or one or something like that. Way. Yeah. Okay. 
change the order here. Sorry, we've had so you're many gonna, people take You're going to get, yeah, we've had six, nine people. You're going to get a list of all these spiritual gifts. There's like 15 or 16 different spiritual gifts. Yep. And it's going to weight them, which is the most dominant, which one is less dominant. And everybody has a different snapshot. Basically, uh, this screen shows us the, the three that each of these people, the South Medical Queens, sorry. Right. Yeah, so um, you'll, you'll just go through that series of questions. It's kind of like a Myers-Briggs test if you've ever taken that. Um, and uh, based on your responses, it will help you see what spiritual gifts you have. It'll kind of highlight your top three gifts, but it'll really rank. It's also kind of interesting to know what gifts you don't have. Uh, that, that's informative to how you can operate and work in a church as well. So um, now you don't necessarily have to totally understand which it, which, what each gift means. That's part of what we're going to do in this class is kind of dig deep, more deeply into each gift and talk about how that plays out. What does that mean? Some of those work, spiritual gifts you might kind of think mean one thing and really the, the assessment is gauging something else. So we'll talk through those and we'll talk through how those apply to Otter Creek Ministries. Yeah, so uh, primarily discovery. I would think there are three callings <coughs> that God has for us. The first is call us to be saved. We weren't taken to heaven right at that point. We were left here for a purpose. And we're going to find that our purpose is to glorify God and edify others. That's why we're left here. And then the next calling, of course, is Him calling to Him. So this is not about accepting Christ. We're going to make the assumption folks have done that. This isn't a whole lot of conversation in the class about heaven and what that'll be like. We're going to talk about what's in between, why we're still here, and how we can be motivated, intrinsically motivated, serve God the way he wired us. So uh, we're so glad you've come to class. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming. I hope you can come back next time. Let's have a prayer as we close. You guys think of anything when we're forgetting it? I think we're good. Okay. Let's pray. Your Father in heaven, thank you again for knowing this and caring about us. You're so great and beyond us. And uh, we can't, we can't uh, comprehend all that you are. We praise you for who you are. Each of us in this room really want to make a difference. Maybe we're not even sure how. Give us wisdom to know who you want us to be and how you want us to serve and glorify you and edify others. Reveal to us what our passion is, what we, what we are, how we're wired. Help us understand ways we can serve in your kingdom to bring glory to you the only one worthy of glory and edify others while here on this earth. Thank you for loving us as you have and giving us everything you've given. Thank you for being a God that doesn't only give us what we remember to thank you for, or if that were the case, we'd live in poverty. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Kent, can I say something really quick? Yes, Jill. Um, Kent did this uh, this series at our church, and Larry and I were the teachers, and we taught it 11 times. And we went through our entire congregation with it, and it was a really, really worthwhile um, program. And so I, I wish you luck. Yeah, yeah thank you, Jill. Debbie and I, uh, when we came there, we brought this uh, content to their congregation, and man, it's neat when you leave and they continue and you replace yourself. This is so cool. And Larry and Jill were very key in offering that to 11 times to a congregation of two or 300 people. So it was cool. Cool. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Jill.
Okay, let me give you one more connection. Like, I don't want to have, like, call people and go, are you going to pay me? Like, I would 